What's going on, guys? It's Mike Cerrone from the DC Crossover Podcast. Ben and I have been producing audio content since our teenage years. But now, don't we wish we had the tools you guys have to create and distribute your own content? Let me quickly tell you about our new sponsor, Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's definitely something I love using. One reason, because it's free, people, F-R-E-E. As most of you may know, free is one of my favorite words, so don't get that mixed up. So no charge to start up with Anchor. Now let's talk about how easy it is to use. With Anchor, there are creation tools that allow you guys to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super simple and super accessible from anywhere. Now that you recorded, how do you distribute to the streaming apps? Anchor does it for you, folks. Whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or more, they got you. Using Anchor, you can actually make money from your podcast. Straight hard cash, homie. Whether you have a handful of friends, family, or group that wants to hear your content, there is no minimum listenership. It's everything you would ever need to make a podcast in one simple place. Want to get started? Here's what you guys need to do. Download the free Anchor app on your phone or go to anchor.fm to get your podcast started today. Now back to our nation's capital with Sarone and Simpson. Hello and welcome to the D.C. Crossover. We cross over all four major sports teams in the Washington, D.C. market. I am Mike Cerrone. That is Mr. Ben Simpson. And Ben, today we have a great guest on the phone lines, Chase Hughes from NBC Sports Washington. Probably one of our more high-profile statuses right here on the phone lines from some of the other interviews that we've had uh, from different people around the country. So overall, it's going to be a great episode about the Washington Wizards and what has happened throughout their 2019 draft that just happened a few days ago and also their offseason up to date the wizards are in one of those weird spots right now where we're kind of in this pre-season you know even pre-pre-season really where you're post-draft between the draft and the summer league where things kind of go all over the place where you got the the new signings it was interesting to watch i didn't get to watch the draft live but i was getting the text updates because we were in the middle of moving um, so I, but I did see, I kept waiting to see Bull Bull's name and just kept seeing it drop and drop and yep, drop. Yep. So him, a lot of teams must've been scared off by the bolster. Well, it was actually pretty nuts too, because I was actually following Chase who, again, we're going to have Chase Hughes on from NBC sports, Washington, uh, right here on the DC crossover. And it's actually pretty funny to me because I look at it this way and say, Bull Bull is a wild card, and we're going to get into it with Chase as well. It's the big guys that you don't really have that kind of key sense, are they going to stay healthy or not? Because Greg Oden, yes, he was a bigger guy. He had more girth to him and everything of that nature and had more muscle than Bull Bull because Bull Bull is basically like like one of those stick trees you see out there on the side of a road. Yeah, Bull Bull's (laughs) kind of in that uh, thon maker. um, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other guys in the league that are similar in in stature. To him, but you're right. It's one of those things where supposedly he can shoot the ball a little bit, but he's tall. He's a little fragile. He's got he's injury prone, and 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 that was the whole thing. The wide range of possible draft spots for him were, you know, it was wide. It was like you know, because well, anybody from, could use his versatility yeah. behind the three point arc and his size with, uh, with the rebounds and everything of that nature that exactly. he could do with the blocking and everything of that nature. It just the problem was that injury at Oregon. What happened to him? Uh, I think I believe it was the foot. Was it a foot injury? I believe it was. I mm-hmm. forgot. It was. It was. A, it was a lower body injury, uh, as they would say in hockey, and uh, not really give you the, subs- the specifics. But uh, overall, 
anyone could use his versatility, his yeah. shooting ability, and his size um, at seven plus feet. The problem is, is when he got that injury at Oregon and only played like nine games or whatever it may be, under 10 games, not even in the double digits, people really thought, hey, this is a concern because oh, yeah, if sure. he does like a Greg Oden and all of a sudden comes out of Ohio State and, and, and doesn't play basically ever because he gets yeah. hurt three or four times and he just never plays, then you're going to waste a pick on him. And obviously, as the Wizards know, you don't want to waste any picks because of the sole fact that you trade all of them away yeah. uh, for the most part. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and big guys are just very temperamental. I mean, you, it's very hit or miss on, on the big guy's side of things because you can have a dominant, tall, talented big man and and then you know you have a lot of guys. There's a long list of guys who have gotten yeah. hurt um, at that position. So yeah, you don't really know. But it was it was still exciting draft uh, at times. I was happy that my boy Seku fell to my boys, the Detroit Pistons. I saw which that. was a little. Uh, I was a little psyched for that. Hey, that which was, again, uh, we once we talked to Chase, yeah. we heard Chase on the junkies. I want to tell the fan he was actually He's a Seku. Dubaio, yeah, was it Dubaia? Dubaia, Dubaia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, was, he was He was, uh, yeah, a big, a big fan of his. Um, yeah. But he's obviously, Seku Stan, he's he's pumped for him. <laughs> no, I'm I'm happy for it because uh, the because the, the Pistons took a flyer on him and they've got another super athletic guy that they got late in the draft and uh, so for them there's a lot of like projects. Where yeah. these are guys that like, hey, they could pan out and if not, okay, but you gave it a shot. So, I feel like yeah, this we'll draft see. was actually filled with those quote unquote projects. Yeah, um, obviously the Wiz had. Admiral Schofield, who was a standout in the NCAA tournament in March Madness, uh, but he's more of a project, kind of a uh, a role player that we will see kind of come into his own. Maybe not in the first year, uh, but once he gets going, and uh, and maybe he'll team up with Troy Brown Jr. Uh, when it comes That's to it, hope. hopefully uh, by maybe next season or something of that nature where they come into full blossom. Because obviously yeah. Admiral is, was a senior at Tennessee. So him and Rui, they actually went with some more experience through the mm-hmm. draft this time rather than going to get that John Wall or Troy Brown Jr. or Bradley Beal where they're 18, 19 years old. They went for the uh, upperclassmen, you yeah, could say, for sure. uh, in this draft, which Rui Achimura, obviously a lot of people around here don't really know who the heck he is uh, except for the – whole entire tournament because Gonzaga plays all the way out in the, the uh, far, far, you know, land over there in the western. The far, far part. land. That's yeah, what they yeah, call I it. I didn't know what else to say. Yeah. Uh, over there at Gonzaga um, in the western part of the country. So, obviously, their games are always, uh, you know, 10 o'clock at night and everything mm-hmm. like that. Everyone's going to bed and different things of that nature. But you probably saw them against Duke early on in the season in that Maui Classic, I believe it was, um, and uh, or Invitational. Uh, and also against some other big-name teams, and he steps up. He averages over 19 points a game and has some other good stats as well, which we will get yeah, into a little bit we'll later. we get some of Chase's opinions on, on exactly. those two picks and, and plenty of other Wizards-related activity here. Um, because, it, yeah, we are in that interesting time of the year where there's a lot of question marks. There's still a lot to figure out. There's some hope still. Um, we'll see that hope start to disappear the closer we get to the yep, season, yep. but it's going to be good. No, I'm excited to have him on for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. So again, this is going to be the Washington Wizards offseason and draft recap of the 2019 draft. So that draft just happened a few days ago, so we tried to get this out in the open 
uh, basically with one of the experts in the area, Chase Hughes of NBC Sports Washington. You can follow him on Twitter at Chase Hughes, spelled exactly how it sounds, NBCS right here on the DC crossover. Again, Take a look at all of our other episodes, all of our other different things that we have going on. We have a lot more people to come on, a lot more interviews. But right now, starting up, the Washington Wizards 2019 draft recap and offseason. Here is Chase Shoes right on the line. It's a clown question, bro. And they're not even called Reese's Pieces. They're called Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces. <laughs> they're pieces of Reese's. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. Write something about me. Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. We're talking about practice, man. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice, man. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. Hello? You play to win the game. Welcome back to the Washington Wizards 2019 draft recap and offseason moves right here on the D.C. crossover with Mike Cerrone and Mr. Ben Simpson. On the line, we got one of our more high-profile guests here, Mr. Simpson, in Chase Hughes of NBC Sports Washington. He covers the Wizards and the NBA for NBC Sports Washington. Chase, how are you doing today, man? I know you had a lot of busy weeks with uh, you know interviews and different stuff like that, obviously surrounding the Wizards draft pick at number nine. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. Uh, feeling a little better about myself. Call me high profile. <laughs> <laughs> high profile in, in our world, for yeah. sure. We, 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 <laughs> I'll no, take it. Yeah, no, we, we appreciate having you on. And uh, yeah, like, like Mike just said, I mean, it, this has got to be a fun time to cover the team with all the... Because it's, it's weird because it seems to be that time of season where we've got... This is like the pre-pre-season where you're kind of in between the NBA draft now and the summer league and then the actual preseason is this kind of like, you know, for you, this has got to be a pretty fun time, right? Yeah, definitely a busy time. I think, uh, you know, people forget how, you know, the off season has been going on for the wizards for a long time. I think everyone thinks like, Oh, the NBA finals, once those are over, then that's when the NBA off season begins when really for the wizards, it ended or it began earlier than we thought we're used to it beginning of course, because they missed the playoffs and we kind of knew where things were headed, uh, you know, probably by February or March, or maybe you could even argue earlier than that. So the draft process was much more involved uh, than the other two years I've covered the Wizards. This was my third season um, with the ninth overall pick. That, that was a lot more exciting. And, and, you know, the NBA draft has always been one of my favorite things about sports. You know, before I became a sports writer and sports reporter, I always loved following the players and trying to, you know, project where guys would go, who would be good, who wouldn't. Like anyone, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've had some, uh, some mistakes in the past where I thought, you know, Anthony Bennett was going to be a good player or whatever. But <laughs> You weren't alone love, in that. <laughs> yeah, but I love trying to be kind of an armchair GM. And, and for the Wizards, uh, you know, it was a fun pre-draft process. They brought in some big names. And like you said, it's, it's still good. Even though they won't have a whole lot of money in free agency, it's going to be a really active period. And then, you know, fast forward a few weeks from now, that, that's when things will really slow down. Well, let's talk about that draft for a moment because, you know, it definitely – I know you've probably been making the rounds talking about these two guys in particular, obviously, with Rui and Admiral. But give us some of your impressions 
on those guys? Because I know, you know, from what we've seen on Twitter, and uh, you know, there's kind of mixed reviews. There's kind of guys that are really, really high on these picks saying, okay, these are really high caliber, high character guys. They have high motors. They're here to work. They have that kind of leadership because they stayed in school a little bit longer. And then you've got people saying, who the heck is Rui Hachimura? I mean, so <laughs> yeah. give, give some of your impressions and some of your thoughts from draft night. Well, obviously it was an interesting draft to evaluate through the prism of a new guy in charge. Ernie Grunfeld ran the draft for 16 years and then they fired him. So even though Tommy Shepard was his number two for a long time, it was a fresh set of eyes on the whole process. And my biggest takeaway, if you want to kind of group Admiral Schofield, the second round pick, and Rui Hachimura, uh, the first round pick, in together, is that they're both guys with high floors that I think you feel pretty good about them contributing uh, in an NBA rotation, but probably don't offer the ceiling that you know Cam Reddish would have at the ninth pick or Bull Bull would have in the second round. So I, I would say that the Wizards played it relatively safe. Now, um, I don't know what that says, if that says something about Tommy Shepard in general, you know, long-term that the Wizards are going to be playing it more safe. But I think they got two guys that are very high character, um, you know, well-coached players. Um, I think, you know, you could look back to last year's draft with Troy Brown Jr. Even though I think Rui Hachimura will be able to contribute more instantly than he did because he was the 15th overall pick and, you know, was only 18 years old when he was, when he was drafted compared to Rui who played three years in college and is 21. I think they're cut from a similar mold because they're, they're smart guys. They're high character guys. You know, they're going to be um, disciplined players, I think, on both ends of the floor. I think the Wizards, even though uh, with Rui Hachimura, they didn't draft for defense. He's much more of an offensive-oriented guy. I think they have a chance to slowly kind of make progress on that end of the floor because I think he's going to be a really smart player who kind of plays within the system um, in terms of team defense. And the Wizards haven't had enough of those guys over the years. There was a guy that I think you were high on as well. And actually, besides the Wizards, I'm originally from Detroit. So at the Pistons, actually, Sekou, of course, dropping yeah. to Detroit. And that was a guy who – so Mike and I on this show, we did many episodes leading up to the draft kind of talking about different guys. And he and I kind of both agreed that that's, uh, gambling on Sekou is not necessarily a, you know, a bad thing if, if the Wizards were going to be able to take him there. Um, now he fell to the Pistons at 15. Uh, you know, just real quick, I know there's not a lot of you know, Pistons fans listening to this, but if, just for me, reassure me that that may work out for, <laughs> for Detroit, right, with the Seku pick? <laughs> well, it was, it was curious him going to Detroit because they, it seems like they've doubled down on defense so much in recent years, and he's someone who may never really develop an offensive game, but is probably a pretty safe bet to be a good defensive player. And that's why I thought he'd be good for the Wizards because they, like, even though they weren't a good team last year, they could still score. Like, even with John Wall out of the lineup, they still had an, a relatively efficient offensive team. Defense, they were arguably the worst team in basketball. So I thought he would have been a great fit for them. And that was actually one of the guys where, you know, I projected the range correctly because Bull Bull's another player that I thought they should consider at nine. And, of course, he went all the way into, I think, the 40s, if not the 50s, um, and got picked by, the, or picked by I think it was the Blazers and traded to the Denver Nuggets. I know he's in Denver now. Um, yeah. but so Or he got picked by the Miami Heat. That's right. Um, so that didn't, that didn't really work out, but Sekou Dumboya, um, you know, one thing you want, you worry about with Tommy Shepard having the interim tag is that by going with like guys, who can help them instantly that he, you know, did that because he has the interim tag. Like would, if he had more of a long-term job security, if he knew he had the job for the next five years, would he then take a guy like Sekou Dumboya? Or if the wizards realize that they 
weren't that good of a team and probably should go through maybe not necessarily a full rebuild, but certainly a retool to a certain extent, then Sekou Dumboya is the type of long view type player that they could go for. Uh, but they went with someone who can certainly be more of a plug and play instant impact. Do you really think that Bobo would, or not even would for us, but for anybody be, because I know you, you said on the junkies last week that, you know, he was another guy that you looked at and thought that he would be a positive impact in the NBA. Do you think that he can withstand NBA talent out there? Because Yes, he only played nine games at Oregon, and even uh, I think I heard you say on the junkies that uh, you know people, you know, the scouts didn't go to his high school games because he wasn't really trying too hard and different things of that nature. Do you really think that he's going to be a fit for the NBA? Because you see guys, and I talked to Ben off air about this, guys like Greg Oden or or even a, a guy like Kristaps Porzingis who uh, got injured this past season. Do you, do you think that he actually can do something in the NBA with his slim frame with these bigger guys, uh, you know, that are out there playing the post? Well, clearly there must have been some major red flags. And, you know, I was going back through some Tommy Shepard quotes from draft night um, this morning, uh, kind of parsing out some storylines to write about. And he said about Rui Hachimura that the fact that he had a clean bill of health was really important to them because in this draft there were some guys that dropped because of their their injury concerns. And he didn't say it directly, but he had to be referring to Bull Bull because he had the stress fracture in his foot. And I wondered if, you know, maybe that was – just him being, uh, you know, exercising caution because he knew he he had a chance to be an NBA draft pick and why return to the Oregon Ducks if, you know, you could be a top 10 or a lottery pick uh, in the draft. Uh, so I thought it was one of those deals where maybe he could have come back because he injured himself so early in the season. But clearly that must have been part of it. And, you know, you mentioned the weight. He's just a little above 200 pounds, I think. And he, and he comes in at 7'3". So he's definitely going to have to put on some weight. But you know, when you're talking about in the second round with the Wizards, even though they had to pay about $2 million, uh to get the draft pick and then you add in the contract, and it, it, it's actually more expensive than a lot of people think to pay for a second-round pick when you add it all up for a guy who in all likelihood is not going to do anything in the NBA. It seemed like Bull Bull would be the perfect player to just redshirt, you know, maybe have him play some games for the Capital City Go-Go and then revisit it in a year from now. And maybe you got a guy who ends up being a, a lottery pick type talent. You know, Michael Porter Jr. was obviously drafted much higher by the Denver Nuggets, 14th overall. But uh, it seems like there's some momentum in his favor. And he had a back injury, which is, you know, way more serious than a stress fracture in your foot. Even for a big man, I mean, a a stress fracture in your foot, I'd rather have a a guy with that than a back injury. So Michael Porter Jr., if he, you know, pans out and becomes the guy that, you know, had top five talent, he's going to make the Denver Nuggets look like geniuses. So I wonder if... uh, and of course, I guess it's ironic that he uh, that Bull Bull is also going to Denver. It seems like they're in a position where they can kind of take a, a risk on someone and just have a, a, a sort of lottery ticket. And when the Wizards were in the second round, I, I still think that they should have taken Bull Bull over Admiral Schofield, although I do like Schofield a lot. Yeah, for sure. I was following you uh, on Twitter during the draft while I was watching as well. Um, and uh, obviously, because you came out with the news that, oh, they're back in the second round. And I was like, oh, all right, nice. Maybe we can get Bo Bowl and get, you know, throw a little dart at the wall. And right. uh, obviously, it didn't happen. <laughs> but they did get Admiral Schofield because, and I talked to Ben also about this, that Admiral, you know, he was the guy that obviously had the awesome name. Uh, but also, secondly, that he lit it up during the tournament. Can you give us a little bit of insight on Schofield and what he might be able to bring towards maybe, uh, maybe more depth to the Wizards? Obviously, they didn't you need more players uh, to get depth, but uh, maybe for a year or two down the road, maybe have him develop a little bit more and see what he can do for our, for our depth of our bench. 
Yeah, you know, anytime with a second round pick, it's hard to project because you, you really can't count on them. You know, Ernie Grunfeld, when he would trade second round picks, would always cite stats like, oh, you know, only like 15% of these guys end up playing more than five years in the league. That's why he always discounted second round picks. So you always got to be a little bit cautious projecting with, with second round picks. But I, I really like Admiral Schofield because I think he brings what the Wizards have been missing, and that is kind of a toughness and an edge defensively. He's 6'6", 240 pounds. He's basically built like a football player. And he comes from an NFL family. His brother uh, is, I believe, still in the NFL. He won a Super Bowl ring with the Seahawks a few years ago and has played seven years in the NFL. Two of his cousins played in the NFL. His uncle played uh, safety at Clemson. So he's got like a Jay Crowder-type build where, um, you know, I was joking with someone in the Wizards front office the other day about how they're kind of building a front seven at this point (laughs) because they've got their outside linebacker. Those but driveway games must have been brutal growing up. <laughs> yeah, seriously, seriously. And it's not just, uh, you know, his strength that I think stands out. Um, the three-point shooting, you know, he shot over 40%. First of all, he, he raised his percentage all four years in school, and he got up around 40% as a senior. And it wasn't like a Rui Hachimura deal where the guy shoots 40% on one attempt a game. He was attempting like five shots a game. So he's, I think, has, and, and you know, when you watch his highlights, he's got a, a pretty smooth jumper. I'm not a, you know, mechanics expert, but it doesn't seem like he's got some slow release or something that is going to hold him back at the NBA level. I think there's every reason to believe that he's going to be able to hit threes at the next level and be a physical force defensively. So I like him a lot in that regard. Um, you know, I think he's going to be spending a lot of time with the go-go, but because the Wizards have so many open roster spots, I think there's a chance that he, you know, gets a good opportunity in year one. Now let's talk about the salary cap structure. Obviously, this is the more uh, intense, obviously, discussion when it comes to the Wizards because of the sole fact that they don't have any people to play, <laughs> basically. Obviously, John Wall, they're paying you know an astronomical amount of money to, and he's probably not going to play most of next season, if not at all, during all next season. And uh, I-, I heard you mention before that because they got Rui, uh, they might re-sign Jabari Parker and get that team option uh, at, at $20 million. Uh, let's start off with Jabari Parker. Do you think they are going to re-sign him, and, and what do you think their percentages of re-signing him? Yeah, so soon after the draft, um, yeah, I, I wrote a story. I think it was, uh, it was a Saturday. I wrote a story about how the Wizards were on all likelihood going to decline his team option. Uh, it's $20 million for next season, which is something that, honestly, we could – Anyone could have predicted the, the moment they traded uh, for him from the Chicago Bulls because of their salary cap situation so murky. Mm-hmm. So uh, it ended up getting reported later that day uh, by Yahoo Sports that indeed they will uh, decline his team option. So that, in, uh, you know, most people would say, oh, that means he's not coming back. That's not necessarily true because, as you alluded to, they can work on a new deal with him. For sure. And it won't be $20 million a year, that's for sure. But <laughs> I kind of, no kidding. I've kind of checked in with his camp, the, the starting asking price is probably going to be around 15 million or a little bit more than that. But I think they have a few things working in their favor. Um, and one of those is that Jawari really likes playing in Washington. Mm. You know, he really, really hated his time in Chicago, which was unfortunate because he's from there. And I think he, he thought that would be a good kind of uh, place to, to reset and restart his career, but he got, he didn't get along with the coaching staff. So he came over to Washington and was only here a few months uh, but really, really liked his time here. And, you know, all indications I've gotten from his people uh, with months since the season ended that that's still the case. So I think the Wizards, if it's the right price, would be interested. But I think it's probably going to come down closer to $10 million. If it went under $10 million, his asking price annually, then I think they could justify getting a deal done. But as far as it relates to Rui Hachimura, 
it is an interesting thing because um, he's been compared to Jabari Parker by several different mock drafts. Yeah, so that. you wonder if, yeah, so you'd wonder if there'd be a little bit of redundancy there. Could you play them together with some of the defensive liabilities, at least early on in Rui Hachimura's career? I think he has a chance to be a two-way player, and the Wizards think he can be one. Um, but Jabari Parker certainly at this point isn't a very good defensive player, so you want to minimize defensive liabilities, and, and playing them together uh, might not be the best idea. So obviously you have a lot of guys that are coming off the books. Uh, one guy that we got through the draft, which I'm a huge Virginia Tech guy, and I think Justin mm-hmm. Robinson, and I, know, I heard you mention as well, that he's probably not going to be a huge you know, deal in the first, first year, and I'm not going to you know, make a big deal about it in the first place. But, you know, maybe two years down the road, do you think he could be like when John Wall comes back, maybe a real good serviceable backup? Because this also plays into uh, Thomas Sadoransky. I heard you also say that he was looking possibly to get Fred Van Fleet's numbers. And, you know, we don't really want to give him that much amount of money uh, to be kind of a serviceable backup when John Wall comes back from his Achilles injury. But do you think that Justin Robinson, they kind of got him in free agency after the draft, uh, mainly to maybe take that role of a Thomas Sadoransky? Yeah, I think uh, Justin Robinson's very interesting. Um, You know, it was something I also noticed going back through quotes today that Tommy Shepard pointed out that, uh, Robinson had uh, an, an, uh, an ankle injury, I believe, last year yep, yep. Uh, when he was playing for the Hokies and decided to come back and return uh, and play pretty well in the tournament, even though he probably wasn't 100%. And the Wizards really liked that about him because it showed kind of a love for the game of basketball and a toughness and a grit that they kind of look for in their point guards. That, you know, he jokes that Scott Brooks, when he describes point guards, um, you know, ends up uh, describing guys who are very much like he was as a player. And Justin Robinson is kind of, you know, he fits in that mold. He's really well coached coming from Buzz Williams' program. And mm-hmm. Tommy Shepard said that he's really close to Buzz Williams. So it, it'll be interesting. You know, last year they uh, signed a guy named Chris Chioza, undrafted out of Florida. And that has been a real success story. Probably the, the best success story so far from their Capital City Go-Go G League franchise, which started last year because they brought him in on an Exhibit 10 contract. Like I said, he wasn't drafted, and he ended up playing well enough to get uh, taken by the Houston Rockets and given an NBA deal. Wow. So they're hoping that he can be kind of the next guy, but you know, maybe someone who doesn't leave their organization, that they'll have room to kind of promote to the NBA level before uh, it comes time to that uh, for that. But, um, yeah, I think they, they're, they're talking about Thomas Adoransky as if he's going to be back. Okay. You know, when you when you hear them refer to him, it's about like their plans moving forward. With Thomas Sadoransky. So I would expect that Sadoransky will be the starting guard opening night. Uh, Troy Brown will probably be his backup, although I think they'll go out and maybe sign a free agent um, just to give themselves some insurance there because Troy Brown's still pretty young and pretty raw. Uh, but uh, Justin Robinson can be right right behind them, and I think set himself up to make an impact at the NBA level this year. Yeah, for sure. As I said, that I'm a huge Hokies guy and just watching Justin Robinson come back from that ankle injury and kind of light a spark underneath Virginia Tech. Now, Buzz Williams, he has all the energy, uh, you know, and obviously this is not a Buzz Williams topic, but, you know, he has all the energy, but he can't really, you know, obviously be on the court and give that energy to his guys. And you have you yeah. know, one, of, one of the guys in the draft, Nikhil uh, Walker-Alexander, 
or Alexander Walker, excuse me, basically came out there and, and, and he did wonders, but he's not a vocal leader. Justin Robinson was that guy. And that's why I wanted to really quick ask you about Justin Robinson, what your kind of thoughts were, because like I said, I'm yeah. a hokey mark, but he's just, I mean, he's seeing him come back. I'm getting excited talking to him. Sorry. Uh, seeing <laughs> well, him come back. It tune was, it was into just, Summer League. <laughs> exactly. He'll be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, it's funny. Uh, I remember uh, um, Justin Robinson during the pre-draft workout because I took him aside afterwards after his interview and I asked him, I was like, what was Buzz Williams like as a recruiter? Because I find him to be such a compelling personality. No doubt. Um, you know, just kind of watching him through the years in college basketball. And he said something really interesting, Justin Robinson, that I put in one of my stories about him, that he was recruited by a lot of different coaches. And a lot of coaches, you know, sat him down and, and said, you know, we're going to give you a lot of minutes. The offense is going to run through you. And Buzz Williams was like, look, man, I'm going to be honest. You're not, you're not good enough to play for my team. <laughs> He's like, you're not good enough to be in my rotation. And Justin Robinson said he loved the honesty, and his parents loved Buzz Williams' honesty so much that he chose Virginia Tech. So I thought that was cool. Talking to Chase Hughes here again. You can follow him on Twitter at Chase Hughes NBCS. Talking the little wizards here. Um, moving on from the kind of draft and, and salary talk, let's move into the GM side of things. Obviously, a lot of this, uh, you know, free agency and deals and, and all the contracts, all of this, all of this is kind of dependent on who's going to be kind of holding the reins a little bit moving forward. So, you know, on the GM side of things, I know Danny Ferry's name has been thrown out a lot recently and kind of over the past few weeks. We know, you know, Masai Ujiri was the hot topic for a while, um, you know. Where, when should Wizards fans expect this to kind of get resolved, at least, of this search? I mean, is this something where, you know, in your in your eyes, do you think Tommy Shepard's just going to probably be the interim tag and he's going to fill out the next year, you know, being in that role? Do you think the Wizards are going to be able to make a splash and bring in a guy like Danny Ferry? I mean, what's what's kind of your vibe with what's going on right now? Yeah, the Danny Ferry angle is interesting because I uh, didn't really consider him the strongest candidate of the ones that they've interviewed. And I wonder, you know, we had that update yesterday about how Danny Ferry is oh, still very much in the running. But, you know, it happened to be uh, a comment made by Ted Leonsis when he was in the same room as Danny Ferry because they were both on that, pan- that panel for the D.C. Sports Hall of Fame at Nationals Park. You know, not to, you know, call conspiracy theory here, but, you know, he could have just been being nice. Um, but I think at this point, it seems like pretty clear whether they're going to do it or not, that they should keep Tommy Shepard because he just ran basically your entire offseason. You know, that, uh, Ted Leonsis has told the Washington Post that they're not going to you know, hire someone new until after free agency begins. So to let Tommy Shepard run it all and then hand it over to someone else, I think wouldn't be a smart decision. Yeah. So at this point, my guess is that Tommy Shepard sticks around, probably gets a promotion to being uh, you know, GM or president of basketball operations. And then they bring in someone else who maybe oversees more of the business side of things, because that's a model that they've had in their hockey operation with Dick Patrick, who is kind of the president and CEO of the Capitals while Brian McClellan is the GM that I think has worked really well. And obviously Ted Leonsis owns the Capitals. So I wouldn't be surprised if he tried to recreate that with his basketball team. Yeah, I think the worry is you just don't want to have, like you said, you don't want to have too much instability here, especially at these kind of key time frames with the draft and then going into free agency and then, you know, suddenly just doing a major switch up at that point may, may cause a little bit of chaos for a team that's already a little chaotic. Um, beyond the Wizards, as far as the NBA as a whole uh, to kind of 
start to wrap up here. You know, are there any off-season storylines that you you are watching closely this summer or have an, kind of a, an eye on? I know, you know, obviously the Kawhi Leonard situation, we'll, we'll see how that kind of plays out, the big Anthony Davis to the Lakers. I mean, there's a lot of kind of – it seems like in the NBA, uh, you know, the, the, the off-season is almost – more exciting than the regular season, which uh, I hate when people say that because I find the regular season and postseason exciting, but it just it tends to kind of lean that way, especially so, social media-wise and Twitter-wise. So are there some kind of key things to watch that you're watching out for for this offseason? Yeah, I think one thing that's gone really underrated uh, going into this offseason, everyone's looking at the New York Knicks and the Brooklyn Nets and all these teams that have money to spend, and everyone's looking at the Lakers and saying – uh, with the Golden State Warriors injuries that, you know, maybe they can pounce and take advantage. I'm wondering what Houston and Oklahoma City are going to do because those teams have been as aggressive as anyone trying to chase the Warriors. Obviously, the Rockets have gotten a lot closer, but I- I've just respected Sam Presti in Oklahoma City and Daryl Morey in Houston for really, really going for it. And in Houston's case, getting basically an injury away from beating the Warriors uh, last year when they were up three games to two in the conference finals and Chris Paul hurt his hamstring and that was kind of all she wrote. They don't have money to spend in free agency, but I wouldn't be surprised if those teams pulled off some massive trades. Oklahoma City, of course, uh, already made the trade for Paul George and has been able to re-sign him. Um, They see a window with Russell Westbrook. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to trade, you know, Steven Adams and all the first-round picks that they've got to get a, a third star in there. Uh, Houston, they've got Clint Capella. They, they only have so much room to work with because they've got Chris Paul's contract, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did something super bold. But I think those teams, when it's all said and done, are going to be making some very, very aggressive moves because I think once Clay Thompson returns from his ACL, the Warriors are going to be really, really good. You know, that's probably going to be more like the 2020, 2021 season. Um, and especially if well, whether Kevin Durant stays or not, the Warriors are going to take a major hit next year because it's just going to be Steph Curry and Draymond Green, basically. So I think those teams are going to try to take advantage, and I think people are kind of sleeping on them. Uh, but just look at their recent history, and they've been extremely aggressive. Well, wait a second. I thought the New York Knicks are supposed to get bring KD in <laughs> and change everything around. I mean, I thought that's the big story of the offseason, right? The Knicks are, are yeah, going to yeah, win well, the NBA championship. Well, the Knicks with money and free agency, that always works out. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Which, I, by the way, I didn't understand why all these betting lines are coming out. And the, the Knicks are like the seventh favorite to win the NBA championship when they got, you know, one of the worst <laughs> records in the league last year. It's like, okay, everyone hold your, hold, Some, yeah. hold your horses here. I know who's running those lines. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah people yeah, in New York, huh? Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. Chase, this is, okay, this is one of the best questions that we got for you, okay? Because this is your first time on our, our podcast here. And uh, me and Ben have been longtime DC sports fans for a long time here uh we, and I've, I've mentioned to you we've been broadcasting together for over eight years and uh this is one of the most important questions that we've been thinking about for the last you know i don't know maybe three or four days now ben uh what is your go-to snack while you watch sports because obviously you know when you're doing the wizards and everything like that nature you got to stick to water and maybe peanuts or something like that but <laughs> then again you're with, you're with the media so you probably get the good spread you get the lobster the steak yeah, yeah, on no. one plate yeah i don't know about that <laughs> we've been a, we've been in a few media rooms and yeah it's 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 sometimes it's not as, not as glamorous um right 
But uh, but yeah, so let's say let's let's throw out the whole media room food and just say you're let's say you're on the couch. You got uh, you know I don't know if you're a World Cup fan or not, but you've got the World Cup game well, on, or you've got a basketball well, game the, on. I'm in, I'm a big NFL fan. I don't cover the NFL. Okay, well so there you go. So right, you say, let's go. say you got the skins or whoever on, and yeah. uh, what's what's your go to? I gotta have this snack next to me. For for the entirety of the game, I'm not getting up and getting more. I'm gonna have the whole bag or bucket or whatever you got next to me. What's that snack? Well, well, before food is enters the equations, I gotta have some beer. Well, yeah, beer, that's beer a guy. given. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I would say chicken wings. I think chicken wings Ooh, are my favorite nice. uh, sports snack. Although I'm not the pickiest eater, so um, you know, pizza, nachos, guacamole, anything like that. But I like, I like a variety of things, but definitely chicken wings top the list. Is no there, question. is there a specific place? Yeah. You what's like your to go? go-to wing place? Um, you know, my favorite hot wings in the DC area are made by, uh, Clyde's and tombs like that, okay. that, um, that restaurant group, they do a really good job. Um, but I think my f- – and then Bonchon's obviously great. Oh, yeah. I think, the double fried Bonchon. Oh, yeah. Those are the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> but my f- my favorite wings in the area, I'd have to say, are Glory Wings from Glory yes. Days. Oh, yes. yes. Well done. I, I up, love Glory Wings, man. Yeah. I grew up in uh, in Fairfax, and, like, there was, like, wing night during high school, and I just got so hooked on them. Yeah. So it's, like, perfect. It's, like, sweet and spicy. Wing Wednesdays, amazing. I think it was. Wing yeah. Wednesdays, and it was, like, 50-cent wings or something. Yeah. Oh, man. No, that's, that's, ben, that's Ben's a good a, answer. Ben's a Herndon guy. He's a Herndon horn. Yeah. I'm in Chantilly oh, okay. now, but I went to George Mason, so I know Fairfax well. And, oh, cool. Yeah. I went to area. Woodson, so uh, yeah. that was, like, that was the place place to uh see and be seen in high school oh yeah oh yeah because i'm a loudon guy and i went to buffalo wing factory because they had uh i think it was wing thursdays and it was like uh i think it was like my 70 cents or no not no it was 13 dollars all you can eat that's what it was now it's like 70 cents all you can eat that can get a little dangerous oh Oh, it's gone up oh yeah oh yeah inflation (laughs) inflation you gotta oh the markets man the markets oh that's crazy but anyways chase we appreciate you coming on man i'm sure we're gonna have you on a little bit closer and maybe even more into the off season but we appreciate you coming on once again and making time for us man yeah absolutely thanks for having me on guys you got it chase thanks a lot man and that is Chase Shoes of NBC Sports Washington. Follow him on Twitter at Chase Shoes, spelled just how it sounds, NBCS. That's Chase Shoes, NBCS, on the tweeters. And again, follow the My Teams NBC Sports app, okay? Just, just search My Teams on your app store or Google Play Store or whatever the heck kind of phone you got. You can search it on there. They have over 13,000 ratings, 4.3 stars out of 5. Great app. I have it myself. Ben has it as well. Yeah. You can read articles, search videos, anything NBC Sports. You can go check out the My Teams app. Once again, My Teams by NBC Sports. Chase Hughes, great guest for us, Mr. Absolutely, Simpson. and definitely also be sure to check out Glory Days and their Glory Wings. <laughs> and their Glory Wings. Official sponsor of Chase Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe we should contact them. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyways, again, Chase Hughes giving us some great insight uh, of the Wizards and a little bit of a tidbit of the NBA at the very end there. Uh, and also, hey, he likes wings, so that's his go-to snack, and we all like wings as well. Maybe if we have our next live event somewhere else, maybe we can invite Chase Hughes to come in eat and maybe some wings? eat some wings with yeah. us. Maybe we can that'll talk to Glory mess- That'll be a messy evening. That might be, so we might not want to do that. <laughs> but again, follow him on the tweeters, Chase Hughes, NBCS. Ben, a lot of great information. Yeah, he's a great follow on Twitter, so definitely follow him there. That's where you and I have been following him for a long time. Yeah. So glad he could give us some time. And yeah, we'll keep an eye out throughout this Wizards offseason and, and see if we can have him on again. Again, this is the Washington. 
Washington Wizards 2019 draft recap and offseason right here on the DC Crossover. Follow us on all social media outlets at the DC Crossover on Twitter, DC Crossover Podcast on Facebook. You can follow me personally on Twitter as well if you really care about what I have to say. At Cerrone16, that's S-E-R-O-N-E 16 on the tweeters. And Ben runs our Twitter at the DC Crossover. Also, follow all of our podcast episodes. Again, we're more uh, chill for the fan perspective and everything of that nature and have some guests on as well for our podcast, Google Podcasts, Google Play, Music, and also Apple Podcasts. And definitely check out our website, dccrossover.com, a lot of articles, and also follow the Twitter on there as well. Everything you can find on dccrossover.com. Again, I am Mike Cerrone. Alongside me is Mr. Ben Simpson signing off for the Washington Wizards 2019 Draft Recap and Offseason Special Edition. Let's go.